Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. Today, we are joined by writer-director Adam Siegel, whose newest movie, Chariot, is dropping in theaters and video on demand April 15th. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat. I'm excited to talk to you, too. Chariot is a very unique film. It's a story about reincarnation, but told from a very unique perspective. When you sat down to write this screenplay, what were some of the motivating driving forces for the perspective that you gave us? Well, I knew I wanted to make a sci-fi film about reincarnation, and I think that my favorite kind of subgenre of film is high concept sci-fi on a small scale okay. you know like so like more more primer than star wars which i mean not that i love yeah. star wars too but i just am really fascinated by those type of films that strive to tell a big story but you know on a small scale and then really my motivation was just to make people think about death and kind of just consider like you know that maybe there, you know, we don't know what happens. It's kind of like the last frontier. Science has solved pretty much every big problem in the universe, except yep. where you're going to go when you die. And so I, I didn't want to present any kind of like solutions or answers, but I wanted to create just kind of the, the idea that maybe there's some, something that we just haven't discovered yet. And that it's just as mundane as, you know, like gravity or something. Absolutely. Now the film, in, in my opinion, it's very abstract. It leaves a lot of, uh, I guess, conclusions up to the viewer to be made. Uh, was that your intent to let the viewers decide for themselves? Unquestionably. Uh, my biggest influence as a storyteller is David Lynch. And the thing I respect the most about Lynch is that Lynch comes up with a concept that he wants to communicate and he doesn't care what he actually shows. He doesn't care about linearity or narrative or really anything except what imbues that feeling. Mm -hmm. Like what, like Twin Peaks is the perfect example. Like, you know, the show goes all over the place, but you come away from it feeling exactly what you wanted him to feel. Exactly. So I was less concerned with this story about a point A to point Z narrative than I was essentially just a story that kind of almost osmoses what I was trying to communicate. That's That makes perfect sense. Now, the main character is Harrison, played by Thomas Mann, who did a brilliant job. But He's amazing. We got to talk about John Malkovich for a second. John Malkovich <laughs> is a legend. I mean, no yes, question about it. Were you at all nervous when he took on this project that you are going to be directing the John Malkovich? So it's interesting because in general, when I work with someone who's you know been in 50 or 100 movies, I just have no idea what I'm going to get. And so in, inherently, I'm nervous. But the first Zoom I had with John, you know, two months or so before we were going to shoot, he just right out of the gate was like, this script is incredible. I haven't read a script this good in many years. I'm not going to change a word of dialogue. I'm doing this movie, book my travel. And wow. I was like, okay, well, we should talk to your agents. He's like, book my travel. I'll see you in Arkansas. And I was like, okay. And then throughout the process, he was so cool. And so not what I expected. Just so like would text me and just be like, uh, you know, or he'd call me at god awful hours of the night. And I, said, oh, no, my, I think this character needs 
a wig. And I was like, okay. And he's like, it should be a bad wig because he's a phony. And I was like, done. We can get you a bad wig. You know, and so he just was so cool. And like a perfect example, this is such a small thing. Like one day on, while we were in Arkansas, about three days before shooting, he said, he said, Adam, I think Harrison doesn't sleep much. So do you think he would have a, his own coffee mug? And I was like, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's fantastic. Oh. And he texts me like two hours later, a bunch of coffee mugs he found in like a little gift shop near his house. And he's like, do you like any of these? But like, that's like, like from a legend like that. I mean, he really did make it about as comfortable as I could be. And he was a dream on set. Wow. So he really gets into these roles. And throughout his career, he he is known for playing some pretty eclectic, eccentric characters. So let's talk about his character in Chariot. He plays yeah. Dr. Karn. Uh, yeah. From what we gather, he's sort of like a sleep therapist slash doctor. Um, yeah. In your opinion, without giving any spoilers away, who does Dr. Karn represent? So if the if the conceit of Chariot is and this doesn't spoil anything, this is the premise of the film, is that there that reincarnation is overseen by a corporation. Yeah. And it's very bureaucratic and it's very there's nothing scary about it. It just is what it is. So John is just kind of one of the one of the workers. He's just one of the guys who goes out and if something's something's off you know the system is not quite working he oh we lost you there for a second sorry. okay there you go yeah sorry about that yeah he goes out and investigates it and that's it i mean it's it you know he's just a kind of and so he has to learn about harrison and but i mean that's really his character he's just i wanted him to play it as kind of just like almost bored with it like it's such a fascinating concept to us you know with reincarnation but i envisioned that to him it's just another day's work he just gets another up client and, you know, yeah he has to go find out what's going on so that's how how i wanted him to play it so a lot so a lot of his performance is like almost him like straining to be normal if yeah. that makes sense, which yeah. for John, you know, must be an actual strain because he's so strange in, a, in the best possible way. But, you know, yeah, and he totally got that. And but that's really his character within the framework of the story. Now, let's talk about his costume for a second. You said he was the one that brought up the whole wig idea. Uh, yeah. Did he also come up with the I got to ask this with the ribbon? in the wig yes he showed up to set one day with that in his hair and, and my my makeup and hair girl uh, dusty kind of said john has a ribbon in his hair and i was like perfect let's Leave go it with it. it yeah he's <clears throat> that's john man he just and and my <clears throat> my kind of general philosophy as a filmmaker is i'm the director and so i'm kind of the the guide or the conductor of the orchestra, but I don't know how to play any of these, any of these instruments. These yeah. are artists who are all better at what they do than me, especially a guy like John Malkovich, who's done countless movies. He'll forget more about acting than I'll ever know. So when he has an idea for his character, I take that very seriously. And like, I've already pitched him my vision for it and everything. So how he chooses to embody that character, I, I defer to him Absolutely. in a lot of ways. I'll, and the same with all the departments. If my production designer says, you know, I look, I know you're trying to accomplish a very somber scene here. What if I paint the wall this color instead of this color? You know, like, yeah, like the, these are artists that are 
masters of their craft. I've had many directors tell me 70 to 80% of directing is casting, putting the right people in place and getting out of their way. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that is very much the case. And pretending, for trying to fit in with all these talented artists around you and hoping, <laughs> hoping they don't notice. Yes. Absolutely. So Harrison, Thomas Mann's character, moves into this apartment complex, which is bizarre. And that's an understatement. Um, <laughs> but yet his reactions as he explores this complex and the people living in it and their really eclectic personalities... Uh, seem to be, yeah, surprise and shock, but not on the level as you would expect. Did you have to have a lot of one-on-one time with Thomas to make him understand what you were going for and the vision that you wanted him to portray? Well, I kind of liked, I kind of, first of all, Thomas is incredible. Yeah. He, he's such an amazing actor. I, after The highest praise for him is like, you know, after this movie, I've I become very good friends with Malkovich and he he messages me about Thomas probably once a month and just says how great Thomas was and how hopes he's doing well and everything. But yeah. so my, Thomas and I kind of discussed it. And from what I recall, we kind of agreed like, look, like the first strange things that happen. He's like, what is happening? This is really strange. But then it's kind of like it, it, after a while, he's just like, oh, yeah, look, there's conjoined twins that are, t-, you know, so, OK, well you know that i guess it's just this place and so i loved his performance was so perfect just as kind of the lens of the audience you know like the han solo of the film who's just surrounded by strange bizarre events and people but just kind of looks at it and goes okay this is what's happening that's absolutely true we are taken through this journey through harrison's eyes and as he explores it we as the audience get to find out about it as well so let's move on to uh scout taylor compton okay she really showed off her acting chops in this film i mean i have seen scout do a lot of movies mostly horror but man she put on her acting chops on display were you surprised when you casted her and you saw how brilliant she was as to how brilliant she actually was? Well, I mean, only surprised from the perspective that this is such a difficult role. And yeah. so when you're when you're pitching a role to an actress and you're saying, okay, you know, stick with me, your body is inhabited by the ghost of a pervy old British man. And he comes out sometimes. And, the, you know, and it's kind of like, oh, okay. Oh, it's okay. Sorry, my phone was. Yeah, no problem. And she scouts honestly one of my favorite people. I mean, she's so amazing on set, and she really prepared for the role. She showed off her British accent. I think the first time we spoke, and I was like, "Yes, that's it. That's perfect." And then the biggest thing with Scout and why I think that her horror background translated well to this role, which is not a horror film or horror role, is just she's used to just going for it. Like just diving in and having no shame or no kind of like hold back. She's just like, no, like this is a, I'm possessed by an old British man. Here we go. And just goes for it to the utmost of her ability. And that's really was, was what I wanted. So I didn't, you know, like I, I had no way of knowing how brilliant her performance would be when she would, you know, was demonstrating it for me and talking, but I knew she was going to go for it. And that was all I wanted. 
and then it turned out phenomenal and it, it couldn't have been better and it's like my favorite scenes of the movie and i just crack up in the scene with her and thomas yeah. <laughs> you're talking about the scene with the gun yeah exactly. yeah well no the scene at the party when she's just oh yeah British man, it's like, what am I watching right now? <laughs> I think this is my opinion. Scout has done so many horror movies. Of course, she was brilliant in the Halloween 2007 remake as Laurie Strode, and she Absolutely. sort of got boxed into this horror genre. I think what you did for her in casting her and allowing her to show her acting abilities it's going to land her a lot of more roles outside of the horror genre. And she deserves I mean, it. I'll tell you this. I mean, I'm, I'm actually, I'm sure you may have asked about this later. I'm, I'm leaving on Monday actually to go shoot my next movie in England. Um, we have a big, big star attached as the lead, which I think we'll probably announce next week. Okay. And it's a, it's a period piece, uh, you know, in the 1930s and it's based on real people. But the reason I bring this up is, Scout will be in all of my movies, you know, like uh, moving forward. Like, I mean, she's so good. And so I hope this leads to more diverse opportunities for her because yeah. she's not. And and that's not even taking away from what she is. Like the scream queens are awesome. Yeah. Like I, I have so much respect. It's such a difficult sub genre to play and to put yourself out there to that extent. But yeah, I mean, she has the diversity to do anything exactly and that was really put on display in chariot now her dual personalities in the film lauren and the grumpy british dude oliver is yeah. lauren her real personality or is it just yeah. another persona that's inhabited no, her no she's not and and she and i've mentioned that in the script she's not schizophrenic she's okay. she's possessed yeah but only but only part-time they have a timeshare so he, they have an agreement as to when he takes over, but he hates the arrangement and he's very, he's, you know, he's very pervy. And so she talks about it and she's like, you know, it's really uncomfortable because sometimes he watches me while I'm having sex. And it's such a bizarre like concept to even wrap your head around when you start to like think about it. But no, she's not schizophrenic in the film. She's possessed by the ghost of an old man. Okay. And Lauren and he, is Lauren. That's yeah. her. Yeah, exactly. Okay, now let's move on to Shane West, okay? Uh, he plays yeah. Rory Calhoun. Now, his yeah. character is the most mysterious of all the characters. <laughs> yeah. um, sure. After, you know, I got done watching the film, I found myself questioning what his place was in this whole, I guess, chain of command of uh, people. What was your idea for Rory in the story? So what I wanted to accomplish, he, his character is kind of a tool to sort of further enhance and explain the corporation as it will. Like that's the purpose of that aspect of the story is like trying to – so to – and let, let me preface this by saying, you know, this is an independent film with very yeah. lofty ambitions. So some of it may have – may have worked some may not have but two of the things i wanted to try to establish with regard to you know malkovich incorporated quote unquote is in the opening just sort of the timelessness of it mm -hmm. and the concept that they've been around forever right then i wanted to establish the power of you know and sort of where they sit in the strata of society and the concept that like this is a successful you know pretty high level guy 
but he still answers to this corporation. And mm-hmm. if they need something, he's just Johnny on the spot for them. So that's really the purpose. And, and I kind of wanted to tie that into the story to just like give a little tiny prick of insight into the, the influence that these guys have. Yeah. And the corporation, it's great because depending on the viewer, corporation could be God. For other people, it can be the cosmos, the universe that's in control. It could be anything to anybody. Absolutely. Now, uh, as we talked about the whole concept of reincarnation, for you personally, uh, is reincarnation something that you're interested in? How much research did you do for the screenplay as far as getting different people's opinion uh, about reincarnation? So... I, at this point in my life, consider myself for the most part to be a very spiritual atheist, if you wanted to say. Okay. And I I don't, let me, let me, how can I say this in a way that will both not be offensive, but will explain it. The one thing I'm absolutely certain of is that there's more than, than this. Yeah. Like, the, 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 but... I'm not entirely certain that we have necessarily a hundred percent solved what it is. I don't, the concept of heaven, for instance, sounds fantastic to me Mm -hmm. and I would love nothing more than that. I, I have yet to be able to fully wrap my head around it, you know, from that perspective as like, okay, yes, this, this is the real deal. This works. So if I, right now I'm in this place of like not knowing what else there is and being okay with that. If I look at it from a, from a scientific perspective and something like the the principal law of thermodynamics Mm -hmm. about energy can't go anywhere, you know, nothing can actually go That is my thinking too. We are a ball of energy. Energy does not get destroyed. Right. So, so So that's the only sort of theory when you get into sort of pseudo religious type theories that makes any sense to me at all. Yeah. And that's not me saying I, Hey guys, reincarnation is real. I have no idea. Yeah. I hope so. I just lost someone very important to me and I really hope we meet again, but it's, you know, it's the only concept that has ever made sense to me, if that yeah. makes sense like, and, and has ever, and that's not discounting any of the others. Cause I'm fully sitting here saying, I have no idea. Yeah. And maybe if we end up in heaven, cool. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be there, but, you know, hopefully I'll see you guys somewhere, you know, yeah. but that's, that's the, so with, I, I did research about reincarnation and, and I've researched that a lot in my life, but also too, like, I feel like a lot of the research that we do and a lot of the sort of aspects with religion are kind of to to play into what I wanted to accomplish with chariot about like, we're all just afraid of death. Yeah. And it's, it's actually a recent thing for me. It was within the last five years of my life. I'm 39 when I would wake up and like legitimately have this unbelievably strange moment of like, I can't believe someday I'm going to die. Yeah. Like someday I'm not going to wake up again. That's so unfathomable to me. And, and so I get the urge about like, I want to go figure out what's out there and, and what what's going to happen. Yeah. And I, I reached a point where I was kind of like, you know, like I do believe that there is something else. And I'm also okay right now not knowing what that is. And 
you know, it, it's horrible. And I, I, I not to bring a big downer on this interview, but, you know, so my executive producer on this film, um, who was also my partner, she was my life partner, she was my girlfriend. She passed away oh. two months ago I'm and sorry. she was like integral. She was the Melissa McPhail. I mean, she was what got this film greenlit. I mean, she was, she was everything. And she was on set with me the whole time. And she was in the editing room with me. And I mean, this was her movie in oh. a lot of ways along with mine. And then, you know, very suddenly in December, she got sick. And by March 1st of this year, she passed on. And so obviously in a very strange way, this film has, you know, as I go back and rewatch it, it's almost like the, what I wanted to accomplish in this film was to make people think a bit more about death and the concept that maybe there is something else out there and we just haven't figured it out yet. I almost had to kind of take my own lesson with regard to that and, you know, yeah. think that for myself. And, you and know, I think you hit the nail on the head. We as human beings, it's okay to say we don't know, but to slam the door and say, when you're dead, you're dead. There's nothing. That's it. You're gone. That's a little bit naive. You know, I, I'm, I'm not a materialist. And yeah. I think that that thinking is horrifically dangerous because it's just like, okay, everybody's just a piece of meat walking yeah. around. And so it's okay if I go shoot them because it yeah. doesn't matter. And exactly. I, I very, very strongly do not feel that way. But I also have trouble with the idea of a very specific faith of a certain type being like, you know, like, like for me, like I think about, and this is not me harping on Christianity at all, but like, you know, I think about the, the countless wars oh, and battles God. and what would have been fought over what really is almost minutia of that religion. And it's just unfathomable to me that people could really truly believe that this minutia that they believe is the, cosmic truth that has always existed throughout the entire universe and how long it's been around and that that guy's minutiae that they believe is uh, wrong you exactly. know it, that makes more, more people have died in war over the name of god and their god than any other thing and it's it's that's just the, it's horrible insane. it's unbelievable it is so, insane now we're in the middle <laughs> so the the apartment complex the apartment complex itself in chariot is sort of like a character in itself uh in your story in your mind what made that complex uh so important is it just like a a place on this earth where like the veil is very thin between us and other dimensions what does it represent to you what I wanted from the Lafayette and this script went through a lot of iterations and it's funny because that, so there's two aspects to chariot. There's that there's the strange environment in which it takes place. And then there's the story. There, yeah. There's the very basic storyline of Thomas and Rosa. And so aside from just establishing kind of a cool atmosphere in which to set the film, and to have it just be an interesting film to watch and not just like a, you know, CW-esque drama about yeah. like love over lifetimes. Uh, what I wanted to accomplish with that was almost that the building itself was a character that collects stories. So it was like it collects unusual people in a way where it draws them in. And so the Harris, Harrison and, and Maria story 
is a unique story and they're unique characters for a very specific reason in the film. And so the building drew them in like it did scouts possessed creature or possessed character and other characters you meet, you know, throughout the film. Absolutely. One last question Mm -hmm. before we go, this time just flew when it came to Harrison's dream, it was very simplistic. It's him going to the kitchen, his mom cooking. And then the twist is, it's sort of a memory that there was an attic in the house where he grew up in, but he says in the movie, there is no attic in my house. He busted the drywall in the ceiling and there is no attic. What? It's not a horrible dream. It's not a nightmare. It's more like a recurring memory. We know we can incorporate that with the whole reincarnation Mm -hmm. thing, but it troubles him enough to go see a doctor about it. Again, what is that dream is it the obvious where he's seeing images of a past life? No. So basically, and it's funny about the subject of dreams real quick. I cut one of my favorite lines in the movie that Malkovich says, because the scene just was too long with it in there, where he talks about dreams. And I'm just fascinated by this, by the concept of dreams, because it's, it, it's so odd to me how our brain plays this trick on us and it, mm-hmm. and it creates this movie for us to watch, but then also convinces us that it's real. Like yeah. it's just so strange. And so the, the purpose of the dream is I wanted to just have something, have somewhere where it's hidden. And, and what's hidden is the memory of Rosa or mm-hmm. of Maria. Oh, yeah. And I didn't want it, it to me, it would have been too distracting if it was like this nightmare where he's being chased by alligators. And then there's this golden, you know, thing. And you know, I wanted it to be mundane. I wanted it to be because the type of recurring dreams I often have are pretty mundane. And it's just like a memory from my childhood. Exactly. And the, the reason he goes to see Dr. Karn and, and why the whole story kind of comes about is because he has this dream almost every night. He's had it thousands and thousands of times. And that's why he, he's going crazy because he knows there's something about it. And it and it's this attic that wasn't there in his childhood home that's there in the dream of his childhood mm-hmm. home. So he's just obsessed with trying to understand why. And 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 it would be so frustrating because he can't change anything. You know, he's just going through the dream and it, he sees it. You yeah. know, so it's just this kind of like... To me, it was the sort of cinematic way to, if one had this, like, not even a memory, but like the shadow of a memory from a past life, how it might manifest in your current, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Adam, <laughs> yeah, cool. the movie, guys, you got to watch this movie. It's coming out April 15th. Uh, limited theater release, I assume, and yeah. video on demand. You can get it on your digital streaming platform of choice. I'm assuming Voodoo, Amazon Prime Video. I'm, yeah, I'll have to check. I know it's coming out theatrically. I, I'll, I'll find out about the on-demand and what streaming yeah. platforms, and I'll, I'll share it, but yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be on the, the transact, yeah. the big players. Uh, check it out. It's called Chariot. It's coming out April 15th. Written and directed by Adam here. It's brilliant. It's a story about reincarnation told in a way that you've never seen before. Adam, I want to thank you so much for coming thank on you so much here and giving us your insights to this great film. Any final thoughts Absolutely. you want to share? No, I hope people like it. I, you know, I, 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 
very big star actor read it or, or watched the movie recently. I'm talking to him about my new film, and his feedback was perfect. He said, I can't say I fully understood it, but the parts I did understand, I absolutely loved. And I was like, yeah. perfect. That is what I want. And you have a lot of movies that are in the works, like you mentioned. So we got to bring you back when those movies yes. come out and talk about them. Thank you to absolutely. Adam. Thank Thanks you a lot. Thank you to our viewers who are watching this live and those who are going to be watching this later on. On behalf of Adam Siegel and myself, stay safe. Stay walking, everybody. Bye-bye. Yep. Have a good one. Bye.